0: Sports
1: Podcast. I said, welcome
2: to, "Welcome to, the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy and Joe
3: Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocheo Prano. Good morning, Andy. Morning, man. We uh, we got a lot on the plate today. A lot on the plate. I'm I'm excited Plate's though.
2: Full. It's a full plate.
0: This is a uh this is a buffet plate. It's a buffet
2: style, buffet style service
0: what do you do when you go to a buffet? Yeah. Do you have like a go-to that you're saying I'm going to start here?
2: No, no. I usually, uh, I usually do a lap and survey and put together a plan on my, on my surveil. Like, uh, a lot of people I know and Lachlan used to have a joke about it. I think there's a couple other people who had a joke about it. I think he once had drama about this joke, but, uh, Like the whole like overloading the plate, just like taking all the things. Totally. I mean, I I, listen, we've all been there, especially as like kids. But like now as a mature buffet adult, especially a guy who goes to a lot of casino buffets as a casino performer, I do a full loop. And then I come back and and, you know, pick where I'm going to start. And I like to do things, you know, in order. Like I like to get a little salad, go to my table, you know, maybe a little salad and maybe a little shrimp cocktail, go to the table, do the, do the starters, then go back and, you know, hit the bigger stuff and go back again.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So so you, so you're, I like the full loop kind of survey the area. I'm
2: not going to lie. I'll, I'll do two plates. I'll do two plates at once, like, or, or a plate and a side plate and, and then do, you know, do my starters do but I find,
0: yeah, I find that interesting that you're going to treat it like you were sitting down and start with the appetizers.
2: Oh yeah well because it's like it's like what what are we doing here? I'm gonna get like you know salad and some slices of pizza and you know chicken fried steak and like <laughs> and then things just get mushy and pushed together you're eating one thing while another thing just sits there like let me leave it on the heater for as long as it can be on the heater before I start eating it.
0: I mean, so you have I'll,
2: I'll I'll even go I'll even go like no joke in like four or five shifts. Like I'll go salad and and stuff and like bread and appetizer stuff. I'll go back and get some pasta. You're Then I'm going then I'm starting to dip into entrees.
0: Your process on buffet style eating is more planned out than Major League Baseball on how to handle substance like oh, they just yeah. I mean they just decided to do something and your 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 thought and process of eating food is more articulate than a game that's been around for two for a 100. And yeah, whatever some years.
2: Yeah, Rob Manfred is just walking into the buffet going directly to the entree section and be like, pull your pants down. I'm I'm coming in. <laughs> like, whoa, fuck, bro. Do you even know what else is here? Oh, man. He's just going straight to the dessert cart. Take off your fucking hat. I mean, this this past couple days is ridiculous. And then, you know, the worst thing about the baseball substance checks, I guess, is what we're calling them. Foreign substance checkpoints. Rob Rob Manfred defends it. Two days. Oh my god! I I think it's going great so far. I think it's going. You think it's going great? You had a an umpire, or sorry, you had a manager ejected from a game for trying to fight the other team's starting pitcher over it. You have at least three major league pitchers derobing in anger in the middle of a field. You have the guy in the Mets last night who has his first big league start can you imagine working your entire life to have your first big league start sh- sh- fighting struggling pushing you 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 get on a plane you get on a fucking plane from Syracuse New York to New York City the capital of the world And you fucking make your first big league start and you're coming off the mound to a standing ovation from one of the best fan bases in baseball. And the umpires are like, Hey, can I take a fucking look at your hat? Middle of your standing ovation. The entire crowd is booing the umpires. What a fucking joke.
0: I think baseball is at that point on par with what's going on in our society where, I always say, is this parody or is this reality? And that's what we've entered with baseball, right? Is, is this onion headline a, is this an onion headline or is this real news? And, well, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, think about this, think about this. I'm going to the game tonight, right? I'm going to the Reds Braves game tonight and I'm taking a couple young kids, my nephew and niece, and they haven't seen much baseball at all. I'm already planning ahead, Joe. What I'm going to say to them when in the middle of the game, there is this TSA slash you know, DUI checkpoint. What am I saying to him? Why, why is that pitcher, why are they going into his pants? Why is he taking off his hat in the middle of a game? This is lunacy what we're dealing with.
2: But you talk about the, the, the blending of parody and reality. We talked about this the other day, and it's been happening for a while now. Shout out to Legendary, former guest of our show director david zucker who i mean look at the look at where sports is at with advertising now i mean the opening of basketball is is literally just about the over advertising of sports that that like we are we've been in that reality for 10 to 15 years now now we have the naked gun scene where they are where they are fucking frisking the pitcher this is happening
0: that's a great point.
2: Sergio Romo took his pants off. He stripped his belt down. He 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 literally got halfway naked. I was like, "What are you guys talking about? What what is this?"
0: Naked Gun came out in nineteen eighty eight. It was thirty three years ago, and here we are doing these strip searches with pitchers, and the delusion of Rob Manfred is. Just bonkers. Like you said, I'm going to read verbatim what he said for an interview with The Athletic when asked directly, How do you think the foreign substance crackdown is going? His immediate response was, My view is the first two days have gone very well. What planet does he live on? It's wild. Like what, yeah. pla- dude, what planet do you this live is,
2: on? This is where we are at with so many things right now. It used to be, it used to be like, you can't lie about things. You can't just like, you can't ignore the obvious. You can't whatever. And it's like, we've now been in this place for like the better part of 10 years where people just go up and just deny reality And I mean, listen, we're we're a year removed from our president being like, "Covid's not a thing. It's not real. Have you thought about putting your light light switch on it, putting a light bulb in your body? It's not real. Then he got it like we are at the point now where it's like what is happening in baseball for the last two days has been an embarrassment. And he literally and, you know, he must have PR people who are just going, just say it's going great. He's like, it's going great. Loving it. Loving all the checks, making sure everybody's clean. Well, there's people, there's people like, you know, this is this is talking point social media now where you know people are arguing about how sports are doing the ratings. It's like whatever happens, don't ever change. You'll p- pick an opinion and just stick with it and just be like, Nope, that's not true. Remember when you could remember when you got caught in a lie, your life was over if you were a political or a public figure or a famous person. You got to call in a lie. It's it. Well, that person's a liar. Now people just straight up lie about things. Rob Manfred's just like, it's going great. It's not going great. It is an abomination. The entire internet is talking about how this is a joke.
0: Yeah. And there's zero accountability. That's my problem. There's that's the through line in all this. There's zero accountability of just saying, yeah, I fucked up. I was wrong. This isn't going great. We have a lot of things that we need to tweak and work on. I, to me, the equivalent of what's happening and the showmanship with the umps and now the managers and the pitchers, it's WWE to me. We've entered this world of like WWE theatrics with reality TV. The pitchers are obviously being exact. They're exaggerating their actions, understandably, because they're trying to show up this stupid policy and the umps and rob manfred so you combine all those things and you're you're watching a circus you've been to the circus right back as a kid i, I remember going to the circus barnum and bailey r.i.p right they come into town once a year you go with your parents this, this is what it is you're watching a circus on display when it should be a baseball game like what what this is the twilight zone
2: yeah, it's it's awful. It's I mean, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. We need to we need to like cut the head off of this fucking the snake that is baseball commissioners. We need to we need to sever the line, the lineage of terribleness. Like, wh- why are we why are we why are we just like deeming a fresh commissioner? like they're the King of England. Let's have a fucking, this is America. Let's have a fucking democracy. Let's hoist up people who can fucking save this sport because baseball has plenty of problems in terms of drawing a modern day audience. And now you're just, everything you do makes it harder and worse.
0: Well, as much as I want to put most of the blame and I do on the commissioner you know, you have to put some on the union. You have to put some on the player. Like you guys are allowing this shit to happen.
2: Just say, fuck you. No. What are we striking mid baseball season? You could. Baseball strikes. How's that worked? People are hanging by a thread. Baseball is hanging by a thread. If baseball walks away, like there's not that many people who care. Look, man, I, I think we played a 60 game regular season last year.
0: I agree. I'm still in favor, though. If if they come out to check Max Serger and he says no and just walks right back, like like I'm just trying to play some situations out. If any of these pitchers just say no and just walk straight to the dugout so he gets ejected. So then, then, then you have, to me, even more of a situation that's probably going to get fixed sooner than later if you have a star pitcher saying, I'm not doing this. I refuse to do this.
2: But why are we – why is this even a thing that's happening on the field in front of people? Why Why don't – like this is the same thing as we're going – and I know we're going to talk about instant replay. But it's like why are the same guys in charge? Why don't you just add two fucking guys? Why don't you just add like a a one single baseball – like Major League Baseball appointed fucking checker to every ballpark? It's a local hire. That guy checks Scherzer when he goes out to the mound. And that guy checks Scherzer when he comes back into the dugout. And you never fucking see it. And it's just happening in the clubhouse. Guy shows up, little fucking vest, his glasses on, his, his you know, thing. Sorry, Max, you know, you know, I had to do this, Max. Max, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I love you. You're great. You're great. I signed up for this job just so I could meet you. But could I, I'm going ha- to have to look at your glove and your hat. And then fucking why why are we having why are we having the most incompetent people on planet Earth? The the most vilified group of people in professional sports, major league baseball umpires. We're, by the way, we're adding jobs to the major. We should be taking away jobs because they can't figure out balls and strikes.
0: Yeah. I know the, the last thing they need is added responsibilities.
2: And they're the worst group of people ever.
0: So you already have a contentious relationship, as we know, like you're saying, between the umps and the pitchers. And now because one
2: of us is one of us just keeps getting better at our job and the other one just keeps getting worse.
0: And now you're adding to that. You're only going to add that friction between those two people by having them check. I agree. You need to have an independent party. But the common thing I see in a lot of these leagues, Joe, and, and you tapped on instant replay, we can get to that, is like they're, they're run, they're just run so inefficiently, a lot of them, as far as the dynamic, it's, it's like a lot of the government bureaucracy, I would find an equivalent of, why can't we just get this shit done? Why, why does everything have to be such a elaborate process? You know, I, I tweeted that out when you're watching and let's go into the NBA playoffs, right? When you're watching the last 33 minutes of that Suns Clippers game, which 90 seconds took 33 minutes of real life time.
2: It was insane.
0: It's embarrassing. And it sucks because that was such a great game. That was such a back and forth game and an entertaining game. But It's like I tweeted out there. There's no, there's no one. I don't know where their, their head is. if it's New York or wherever it is, New Jersey, who's checking the real game film. How does the NBA not have a room? And I think they do. Right. But a room of three or four people that is watching every single little play so that they know basically instantly the right call to make. So when the refs go over to the scores table, they can say within 90 seconds, it's Suns ball. It's Clippers ball. That was a foul. Why are these things such a goddamn long process?
2: Because the because, – as I've complained about before, because there's all these layers in place, like the call on the fucking field matters. Like what I, – I stand by that as number one point with you. Why does that matter? If you're not sure, and in the last two minutes of the basketball game, the coaches can't protest. So that's all, in the last two minutes of the basketball game, that's all refs saying, we might have gotten it wrong, we're going to check. You're already yourselves admitting you might have gotten it wrong. Yeah. So if you're admitting that, just to start the process that you may have gotten it wrong, why are we pretending that your call that you already admit you may have gotten wrong on the field matters. Sure. And, and then there's the whole thing of like the, the, the end of that Suns game. How about the fact that the, 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 that ball gets knocked out of bounds. Like that was, that's a ludicrous. Now we're just changing the rules of basketball in the history of the game, in the history of every sport, Devin Booker's just dribbling. Unless somebody knocks that ball out, it's not going out of bounds. He didn't. After the ball is knocked out, he didn't try to corral it and put his hands on it again. Yeah. The idea that you you are shoving a ball out of bounds, but that like technically his hands on it after you shoved it is so fucking stupid.
1: It's embarrassing. It's, like,
2: it's, it's 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 fucking dumb
0: well it's just embarrassing and again it was such a great game and you had some great plays and i i just hate i hate as a as just a fan of sports
2: but also you got to remember andy that all that shit during every one of those they went to commercial follow the money well oh, that's the what all la- oh, the last thirty. 30- The last ninety seconds took thirty-three minutes.
0: That's what I've said. That's I've said that all along. I I, I've said that since day one. Especially with the NFL, is follow the money. The amount of commercials and the amount of advertising revenue they're making. It's, it just sucks for the like the that game has such a good flow to it, don't you think? And it was so back and forth, and you had so many guys stepping up. And it wasn't even really the star players that game. We had so many guys making clutch plays. And then it just puts a a sour note on the end. Now, obviously, phenomenal play to end the game. That, that alley-oop. The valley-oop. Dude, that was one of the best called plays, executed plays that I've ever seen in a playoff game, let alone a conference finals.
2: Yeah, it was insane. And I've seen that play a few times, uh, you know, through the years, the last second alley-oop. And I I actually said exactly because I remember that from the Tyson Chandler play. I remember that, you know, David Lee had a had like a point two tip in. Uh, There's a bunch of these where there's no goaltending. And I was like, yeah, when you have a DeAndre Ayton type, just literally shoot a, you know, shoot a shot. And, and hope he can put it in. And I mean, the angle that that was thrown at and I mean, everything had to come together. If DeMarcus cousins is standing between the ball and the basket, that play essentially never happens. Yeah. But he's standing, he's guarding it straight up. It was like, it's wild. Like the amount of things that had to come together for that to be pulled
0: off. And you know what else? And Van Gundy made a great point about this. Because of the review, the Suns didn't have any timeouts. They got a free timeout. Right. So Monty Williams gets to orchestrate this play.
2: And 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 even if you have that play in the bag, you need to go through it because the, the greatness of that play was setting it up so that Booker's setting the pick. Because if they don't, you know, if they don't try to stay on Booker then he can sneak out and get a quick jump shot like if they go oh this guy's making a basket run just everybody run with him you're gonna get Booker at a mid-range shot like a quick catch and shoot so yeah just the personnel that it took absolutely
0: and that's a great point about the Booker pick I don't think enough people are talking about Booker obviously we know him for his scoring but that's a guy who just He's doing it all right now. That pick, he said, a great pick on that play. He was playing with. I think he had a broken nose, right? His nose was all jacked up. Man, this team's fun to watch. Yeah. What did that girl do to these guys? I mean, they've won nine in a row now.
2: I mean, it was also that. I mean, that, that's
0: you should follow how long ago that was. You should see this girl's Twitter, by the way.
2: She she's just t- basically taking responsibility for the entire thing, right, bro? It's
0: straight porn. This is what I don't understand about Twitter. They will suspend you if you question someone's pronouns. But literally this girl, like, I don't understand it. Prana, she's literally having sex with men on her Twitter feed. Full intercourse. And Twitter's like, yeah, it's cool. She's the son's girl who had sex with the entire team. Which I forgot to bring this up the last couple episodes i'm gonna pull it up now i won't mention his name but we have a uh, it's a small world as we know and i think we've learned this from doing the show um we have a dirtball who went to high school with her
3: that's amazing
0: <laughs> let me pull up his message i know he sent it to me in the uh sometime in the last week but yeah we have a dirtball who attended the same high school which let was me where? S- okay i asked him i'm not gonna say his name i'll protect your you know you, you didn't ask for it so uh
2: what? he asked you to not say his name
0: no but do you want me to give him a shout out i mean i, I don't know if he wants that i mean well,
2: he didn't he didn't he didn't he just went to high school with her like what okay. did he do wrong
0: he didn't do anything wrong.
2: I mean, I'm not saying, do- I listen, if he said, don't say my name, that's one thing. But like,
0: well, shout out to Chase. He, he he's, he's a good dirtball. And uh, Chase sent me this message uh, 10 days ago. Hey, Andy, I wanted to say the nut girl went to my middle school. That's it. In California for one year. And she was definitely Mormon. Remember, I was assuming she was Mormon. I thought I read that. I guess I was correct. Yeah. I had seventh grade math with her and was shocked when that story came out. And I said, "What part of California?" He said, "A little suburb outside of Sacramento, toward Lake Tahoe. It's called El Dorado Hills." Yeah. So yeah, he went to seventh grade with her. Had math I class with
2: say, her. I was going to say, I don't know about high school. She doesn't. She doesn't seem like she made it through a lot of high school.
0: Yeah, she she is. Uh, she's just owning it at this point. Um, I mean, I just clicked on her profile. I mean, I mean, dear God, her pin, her pin tweet, <laughs> her pin tweet is having sex with a guy on the balcony. This is unbelievable. Well, like, what is the rule for Twitter?
2: I have no idea. I've never known that this is from day one. Twitter is like, is, is there's you, you come across it like, and what's funny is I never see it, but then somebody will, you know, be like, oh, yo. You know, like I went like, for example, when we did Eddie's show and I first met Bonnie Rotten, she was like, follow me on Twitter. I went to her. I'm like, Jesus, this is allowed on Twitter. (laughs) But like you never see it. It kind of like it kind of like stays hidden from you unless you find the person's account.
0: Bro, Her Twitter is wild. It's uh, it's at AJ titties, T-I-D-D-Y-Z. What is that? I gotta, I gotta ask what this tweet means. Do you know what this means? Condom sex smells like AIDS. I S T G. What's S T G? I have no idea. Also, like, honey, you should be wearing condoms. Like, I don't. You're having sex with a lot of dudes. Like, like that's kind of a crazy tweet. Condom sex tastes like AIDS. OK, I got to get off. I got to get off this fee. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm closing this out. This is going to distract me. This is this is unbelievable. Like where? You at on this one, Jack, I, I don't. By the way, I don't care. I'm not for censorship for the record. I'm for zero censorship. I think any I think you should be able to post anything you want. I'm for that. Most jacked up stuff. Let people post it. But we, we, we kind of have to need an explanation. You know, I don't know. But uh, Phoenix, Joe, if they can win with Devin Booker having an off game and no Chris Paul, I think that is a good sign. Well, DeAndre uh, DeAndre Ayton is just uh, – obviously, they've had a lot of guys step up. Payne and Ayton and just – but Ayton's really turning out to be a good draft pick, man. I think he just took a minute.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, listen, it's tough to be a big guy on a shitty team. It's that's, that's the bottom line. It's, it's easy to, I mean, look at Trey young right now. It's like, it's easy to uh, be on a shitty team and be a guard and still get yours and be like, look at me. I'm good. If we were, if we were a good team, I'd be good. It's it's tough to be a big man. You can't, you can't bring the ball up yourself, you know? Uh, so uh, listen, the bottom line with all these guys is the, the how old they are. You know, people yeah. like the idea of being a bust that, you know, if you're under 25, it's essentially ludicrous. Um. So listen, like it's crazy because, you know, the, the top of that draft, I mean, is are, are leading the East and West finals right now. And the Luca pick was the one that were like, that's the sure thing. Luca out and maybe running guys out of town and the guys that they were like, How do you not take Luca over this guy? Like, how do you trade your pick and and, and go Trey Young? How do you go Aiden over Luca? It's like, Well, here we are.
0: Yeah, so that, that draft was just I'll do real quick the top ten in order. DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Luca, Jaron Jackson, Trey Young, Mo Bamba. Wendell Carter, Colin Sexton, Kevin Knox and Mikel Bridges.
2: I mean, Bagley's definitely going to, you know. Bagley was the question mark even there the whole time. But uh I guess, you know, obviously it's still too early to call anybody a bust, but the Kings are a disastrous team.
0: Yeah, man. It is crazy. Just the the young guys who have Really just taking the league over. I mean, what, like, what Trey Young is doing for his first playoffs. He's undefeated now in game ones. His first conference finals. I had no, no clue he would be this good. I, I, like, I I wasn't sold on him at all. But he is phenomenal.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they have a very modern NBA offense and they have a guy who's perfect for running it, which is like, you see at the end of that game, you're, you're running the pick and roll at the top. If, if a guy's range is 30 feet, like it, it's, it's essentially impossible, especially a guy can get the ball off that quick. It's essentially impossible to stop him from shooting. Now, then it becomes a question of, is he making his shots? He's very, he's a very streaky shooter. Um, but the, the one thing about Trey young, he definitely isn't going to get, you know, isn't going to get put off shooting because he misses a couple. He, he's not, he's not losing confidence. He could miss a thousand shots in a row. He's not losing confidence. And you like that. You love that in the guy. So, you know, he, you, you can push him in one direction, you can try to fight through and, and bother him. But essentially, with a with range that deep and a release that quick, you can't stop him from shooting. And when you overcompensate and, and desperately try to stop him from shooting, uh, then he's going to work everybody else in. Or if you see, like, at the end of that game, when you know Collins was out on the deep pick and roll, and he wasn't even setting picks for him, because they were so worried about getting caught behind the picks that, that, you know, they were jumping to their side. It, it doesn't help you. Now you're just kind of playing into it. So I actually think that, you know, the strategy and the box are going to have to figure this out really quick is like, you've got to go with that. Let him get his attitude. This, like, we're going to be so aggressive that we try to stop Trey young isn't going to help you because he can just go further away. He's just a, Oh, he, he makes it like he's going to go through this pick and roll, but he's not. I mean, there was one play late in that game where, um, what's his name? Why am I blanking on the the guard? The guy that was guarding him for most of the game. Um, was like jumping picks before they were even being set. He was going over and under picks before Tucker there was a body on him. What's that? No. Um, the guard, the point guard,
0: Chris Middleton. Oh, oh no! Uh, Drew Holiday.
2: Drew Holiday was like was like over aggressively running through picks. Like bodies weren't being put on him yet, so he wasn't like fighting through. He was like jumping to one side. Of the other. And now you're like now Trey's like, oh well, you're I'm I'm not going to go that way. It's like one of the it's like the old schoolyard play where you like point left, like you're going to get it. like you want to pick there, and then immediately go right. It's like Drew Holiday. You're, you know, you're an elite guard defender and you're like jumping picks before they're being set. It's like he's got you completely out of sorts. You need, I think that the best strategy is you need to be like, listen, we've got to, we've got to play it more calm as opposed to aggressive and just in, in, in essence, like keep him in front of you, make him make a ton of long shots. Let him get his. If he if he wants to score fifty, all from five feet behind the, the arc, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, there's nothing to. How do we beat that?
0: I just think Budenholzer. I just don't think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's making adjustments. I don't think he's managing the team correctly. Well, I agree. You look at the guy again. I mean, looks aren't everything. You I mean, this guy. Gubbins. Yeah, this, this what's this guy doing? the hell are you doing and the tnt i know charles in particular has been very critical of that like what are these adjustments i would you know i would do this and i would do that i mean what what that's not a game you lose man that's just not a game you lose well, is that yeah because, and they and they keep doing this and it's going to catch up the like right now this 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 that changed the entire series everything from losing that first game to anyone's I mean I'm not saying that it was wasn't anyone's series before but the Bucks were overwhelmingly the favorite Vegas odds to win that series now everything has shifted because you just lost home court advantage and you've given more confidence to a young team and these guys play as a team man they really do and they've, they've dude they've got house money they keep winning they got nothing to lose. They weren't supposed to be this far, and it shows. And and they obviously Trey Young's the star, but all those guys contribute. All those okay. guys make clutch shots. They got a great young nucleus, and here we are again. Bucks have put themselves in a hole. So does I this? Feel like, does this I feel change like the Bucks yeah. in
2: this series? Um, I think it's Bucks' but it's wild when you think that this is the final four that every option for the finals is absurd.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. It really is. Well, Chris Paul will be back next game
2: and Kawhi and- won't. I mean, I don't I I think I think the Suns would No, no I'm
0: sorry. Chris Paul will be back game 3.
2: Right. And Kawhi will not. So it's like, man, it's just, it's just getting tougher for the Clippers.
0: Yeah, no wait. So it's 2-0. Yeah, sorry. I'm losing I'm losing my mind, too. Yeah. So he will be back next game. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be tough for the Clippers. I mean, they've come down from two oh two holes, but I like the Suns. And uh, imagine a Suns Hawks finals. That's what the NBA wants the least. For sure. I'm going to be in Milwaukee. If, the Bucks are there. I will be in Milwaukee. I'm gonna go visit Guy on Couch. He's got a place, said he's about a mile and a half from Fiserv Arena. Now They'll they wouldn't there, ha- what
2: during the NBA finals? Yeah, they wouldn't,
0: they would not have a home game. I'm gonna get, catch some Reds Brewers. But I'm excited because that'll be fun. And uh I've never been to Milwaukee. And one of the things I'm gonna have to do, Joe. As you know,
2: I don't know. I don't know what uh, I don't know what your timing is, but it seems like why don't you just stay long enough to go to a finals game if if it's happening?
0: Well. I'm going for the Reds Brewers series, right? So it it wouldn't be it it would be slated uh, looking at the schedule. It would be, I think, the first couple games of the finals. And again, they wouldn't in, in any scenario, they would not have a home game because both the Suns and the Clippers had better records in the regular right. season. So, but what I definitely plan on doing is taking a visit to the Miller brewer company, right? Go, go. Uh, you going to go on a tour. I have to, right?
2: I think you absolutely have to. I'm wearing my Miller light tie dye shirt right now. You get so many compliments on this shirt. What a, great what, shirt. A, what a great, what a great, company. What a yeah. great company. Yeah. American institution.
0: Well, well, that's, that's another reason I want to go is I've never been, and I know, you know, they've been great with us and we've enjoyed our partnership with them. And uh, you know, guy on couch told me, he said to so do, everyone's drinking Miller lights around. He's, he said, the vibe is great by the lake. Everybody gets together. Friends, you know, they watch what's that, what's that area called where they view the games outside. Isn't there an area in Milwaukee? I
2: have no idea. I've never been to
0: Milwaukee. But there's an area where where, where they're all gathering to watch the Buck games. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, check out a new city. And I know the Miller Lights will be flowing that weekend. And everybody will be enjoying some some nice summer in Milwaukee. And uh, everybody listening, you guys should do this too. You should get together with friends, family, have some grill outs. And uh, get yourself some Miller Light. Been a light beer with great taste since 1975. Such an easy choice. So next time you're getting beer with friends, make it Miller time. Luckily, you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer or go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
2: You know, we got another, uh, I forget, I'm going to pull up, whose name it was, we got it. We got a message yesterday from Tyler Kemmerer. First time at Comerica with the official Bureau of Fix Your Life and Dirty Sports. And I got to say, uh, I was thinking about it after, after I received that I was like replied to him and whatever. And then was walking around my apartment. And I was like, you know what? As far as my legacy goes, just knowing that we've inspired people to, go out to ballparks, to go out on lakes, to go out on golf courses, to go out on boats, to do whatever. Just take a moment to enjoy the fact that they're drinking a Miller Lite. Take a picture of it, send it to us. Like it's, it's good. It's a good thing. You know, there's, you know, you can, you look back on a lot of things like inspiring, you know, the young adults of America to embrace how, how fantastic Miller Lite is. It's a good legacy. It's a good legacy. I'm not going to lie about it's legacy, It's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not like doing a lot, but like, I think the, like how this continues to like grow. And like, I think that this is just like the spark that'll lead to a lot of great things from, from our younger generation. Just then yeah. appreciating the, the, the golden Pilsner appreciating life, taking a moment to say, Hey, look at this. It's not, it's all, all this stuff that's going on in the world, but here I am at a ballpark with the Miller light. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's about legacy, yo.
3: It's about legacy, yo.
0: Oh, wow. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Callum Winslow Jr. Uh, enjoy prison. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes forget he was on our show. I sometimes forget. Somebody asked me yesterday, oh, who were some of the athletes you've had on your show? And literally, he didn't even come to mind like, yeah, it's it's like I've almost canceled him in my mind that we had a multiple time convicted rapist as a guest.
2: What's a worst post D.S. Uh, like worst post D.S. crime, uh, Kellen Winslow turning into a serial rapist of the elderly and the homeless? Or Brian Scalabrini telling us 11 times on the episode that he's going to give us slides and then ghosting us. <laughs> Dude, we didn't even ask you for fucking Mamba slides. But you kept oh, saying that you're going Scal. to. He just kept bringing it up. He was yeah. like pushing his stuff on us, like, bro, I got to get you guys some of these, some of these, some of these. And then it just disappeared.
0: Not only that, he was going to host a comedy event show with us in Boston. Oh yeah, he was talking it up.
2: I mean, the classic. We got, we got, we got white mom bud.
0: Oh yeah, still love him though. But you're right, that's a great callback. The slides, I totally forgot about this. I gotta get you guys some of these slides. Yeah,
2: I was like, I didn't even ask for these slides. He's like, No, 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 dude, you get them. after the show, he's like measuring my feet. Yeah, probably, probably like a thirteen.
0: Dude, we had like a four hour long conversation with him. I know. Like we, we had like were
2: like yo great episode thanks for doing nothing full ghost he blocked our numbers the second he walked out
0: <laughs> we literally had two hours off air with Scalabrini
2: I'm just saying like the the, the, the that's sociopathic behavior on the level of raping the elderly
0: well, I'm just not gonna like go, I'm not gonna go that far but hey just being but, like
2: so whatever and then just being like the second he walks out calling his assistant being like don't ever let those guys ever get in touch with me. We're the like, thing what? you're so nice
0: the thing about yeah he was so nice he was great the thing about kellen winslow jr i think he was doing all that stuff you know he was while
2: we were doing like yeah
0: and also way before
2: yeah so that's crazy that he had to like mix us into his schedule god what a. he's like i'm gonna a... have to do it in the early afternoon guys before it gets dark it gets pretty busy when it gets dark around here <laughs> teenagers start hitchhiking <laughs>
0: I shouldn't laugh, but I am okay. I have an update on what STG means. Okay. Thanks to the comment section and YouTube. Swear to God.
2: Are we okay?
0: I mean, it goes back to Lachlan's joke. Guys, can we just write stuff out? Like, like, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the old head. I'll just do it real quick. I'm going to be the old head. You like yo- some things need
2: some things like acronyms are fine, but like, do we need an a, a swear to God acronym? What is the purpose of that is it for people who don't want to like swear to God? Like, is it is that like her Mormonism coming through? She's like, I could never type swear to God, but I can type STG. Like, do we need an acronym for it?
0: That'd be fun. Like we're not
2: we're not walking around all day being like the National Basketball Association. We last night we watched the National Basketball Association. Time to transition to the National Basketball Association. No acronyms are worth having. Yeah, but, but STG did anybody did anybody need that?
0: And it's just too close to STD. It's too close.
2: It's also too close to STP. You know, like i was like stone temple pilots is that what she's talking about
0: by the way that would be really funny if she didn't want to offend god and then the next post is her like deep throat in a jamaican dude i mean
2: i'm not yeah
0: wild Like, like like i don't I'm know like but,
2: i'm like i'm a, i'm spinning i'm spinning spongebob over here but I'm, i do yeah, agree I, guess, I i guess I, I
0: agree on the acronym like 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 like
2: Guess if your weird, God exists. Z- Zillennials, what,
0: what are they called? What, what's after millennials?
2: Yeah, Gen Z, Zoomers.
0: Like you guys got to get it under control. I don't know what age group that is anymore. Um, but you guys got to get it under control with this. Just write shit out. I I would be curious to see. I bet I bet kids are the worst writers nowadays. I would I would love. Part of me is like become a high school English teacher just so you can eviscerate these kids with red ink. You're like, what are you, did you just put STG in a five paragraph composition essay? No F. That'd be a funny sketch. The teacher who comes in and he's like the enforcer. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off my head. Let's finish some NBA stuff real quick and then we'll move on. So two new hirings, Joe, Rick Carlisle was hired today by the Pacers. He goes back to uh, his first job there. And yep. uh, am I going to pronounce this wrong? Yes. Ime Aduka? How's it pronounced? Sure. Has I, been,
2: I, I, I don't know the answer.
0: Ime Aduka has been Ime, Ime Aduka. Uduka, I don't fucking know. He has been hired by the Celtics. And as we know from Jason uh, William or Jay Williams, is the first black coach in Boston Celtics history.
2: Meanwhile, Jason Williams, who murdered his driver, is like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't tweet that shit. <laughs> I don't want to be known as the guy who forgot the six black coaches for the Celtics, dude. Please, this is please, please me. Leave me alone. I'm the. I'm just the guy who shot my driver.
0: This is what I do want to talk about. This Meanwhile, is an-
2: White Chocolate's like, bro. I'm not either of these people.
0: <laughs> White Chocolate. <laughs> Uh, he was fun to watch. Dude, this is an all-time Twitter move. I do want to discuss this. I, like, I don't care about the sports stuff. Cool. Like These are some new hirings, whatever. We have to discuss that Jay Williams tweeted out after the hiring. Again, Boston has, Boston has had the most black head coaches in NBA history. He tweeted out. He quote tweeted Woj yesterday and said, The first head coach of color for the Celtics. And even more importantly, he is one talented individual who has paid his dues. Deletes the tweet after he just gets roasted on Twitter. I mean,
2: they've had six blackhead coaches. Six.
0: Like I said, the most in NBA history. They just had Doc Rivers not even long ago. He follows it up. This is an all-time move. Dude, this goes back to what you said earlier about. Just just,
2: refusing to admit you're wrong.
0: Dude, this isn't all. like I'll be honest. All my years on Twitter, I've never seen such a cocky and like just an unwillingness to admit you're wrong this dude's got the balls to say as it relates to the boston celtics tweet that came from my account a couple hours ago i did not post that my passcode has now been changed bro no one hacked your account to tweet out wrong information about the history of boston boston celtics blackhead coaches no one hacked you you know what's crazy about this this says a lot dude jay williams is a sociopath and you know i used to really like him i don't think i can like him anymore i i don't think i can dude the play you know what the play there is this is what the play is the play there is you literally post the screenshot of your wrong tweet and then just do something like man i was way off face palm emoji own it you look like a giant clown
2: right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's ludicrous.
0: And you then ever- like
2: and and then like the ha- like? I mean, it, it, it's just such a cop out too. Just or, or or you know what else you could just do? Just delete it and never mention it ever again.
0: Well, he did, but the fact that he followed it up with the tweet.
2: Uh, but that's my point: is just delete it, pretend. You never see the mentions. Ignore it. Just ignore it. You fucked up. Ignore it. It wouldn't have been a story except you followed up with, like, oh, you're, you were hacked.
0: Clearly, look, two things happened. Either he wrote it, which I think is a good chance he didn't.
2: Why did, who's running? There's Jay Williams doesn't have somebody running his social media and writing tweets for him.
0: You don't think, you don't think there's some Nothing. intern at ESPN? Really?
2: Dude, ESPN has fired everybody. You think you think you now you think in the, they've got to get rid of Kenny Maine for money, but every single personality has somebody who's in charge of their Twitter?
0: Okay, it's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point.
2: I think ESPN is the lowest paid analysts that they can hire these days and three guys doing like one man band shit running everything.
0: You think you think Jay Williams definitely wrote it? Yeah,
2: I think Jay Williams definitely wrote it.
0: What if what if former ESPN employee Paul Pierce was getting back the guy who took over for all the NBA stuff about that conspiracy? Huh? Well, Paul Pierce had access to Jay Williams account.
2: Paul Pierce shit himself in public and then took a wheelchair. Like (laughs) he's, he's not fucking Ethan Hunt.
0: But I, I will have to say, in the uh, history of Twitter, the backtracking, th- this or just, lack of.
2: Just fucking, just delete it and 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 take your L. Yeah. And just never, ever, ever reference it.
0: Yeah. I like, to, personally, I like to own it. I like to just do the quote, don't delete it. Like, man, I was way off or I was wrong. You know, I mean, we could, we should pull up clips of what I was saying about Trey Young. I I could not have been more wrong. I know I remember distinctly doing an episode with Tug around uh March Madness being like, "Oh, this guy's great, but he's not going to have a career in the NBA. Like, he could be like an average player. Way off. Way off." Okay, last NBA news, Alex Caruso.
2: Wait, are we are we I know you did the hires. You don't the Carlisle hire not interesting, not worth talking about.
0: I mean you I don't have enough to say on it. What do you think?
2: I th- you know, I think he's getting uh, a lot of people are kind of questioning. There's a lot of jobs open. I think a lot of people are questioning that the you know, you're sitting you're 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 jumping at an Indiana job when there's and I actually think I I love the move for Indiana. I love the move for Carlisle. He stays under the radar same as he was. He has a chance to build a team from you know, from nothing. It's like it's a great it's a great situation to be in for him. Like, you know, with these coaches, he has a ring. Like, what's his goal? You know what I mean? Like, rings are not something you, like, come by very easily. I think that there's just as much of a chance that he wins a ring with eventually with the Pacers as he does eventually with the Mavs, as eventually he does with the Celtics. Like, I don't necessarily think, let me look at the the NBA final, the conference finals right now are Hawks, Bucks, Suns, Clippers, I, you know, unless his plan is to, uh you know, go to the Lakers and up, you know, like steal Frank Vogel's job and draw Luca in there to win a championship next year. Like, I love it. it it's, it's long-term stability because they can trust him and they can trust him to build the team from the ground up. I actually love this hire for everybody involved. And I'm a Rick Carlisle fan. So good for Rick Carlisle. I hate the Pacers, but like, you know, good for him and good for them.
0: Yeah. What about the hire with the uh, Celtics? Well,
2: that's that's fine. I mean, obviously Brad Stevens has, you know, he's trying to put his stamp on something. I thought for sure that that was the Carlisle spot. So when they, when they went, you know, when they didn't go Carlisle, then sure, whatever, you know, I don't know anything about you know th- th- the the third guy on the Brooklyn bench, but like I'm sure Brad Stevens does, yeah. And uh, you know he's trying to put his stamp on it, and that's fine. And and yeah, I don't like. Sure, great, good for them. I think the interesting spots that are left, and you know, people are saying is like, oh, what happens in Dallas? Obviously, Carlisle is not going back to Dallas, but you have the Luca situation, and then you have the the Portland gig. Which is, you know, the the Dame Lillard, essentially whoever's going to coach Dame Lillard, and you know, I was saying yesterday, um, I could see I could see the Becky Hammond Mavs hire because they had so much terrible female PR lately, and then also obviously there's this quant behind the scenes that's running everything, so they can bring Becky Hammond in on a PR tip and have her be the Dave Roberts where some quant is really calling all the shots and she's just kind of the, you know, figurehead. So that solves a lot of problems. And then of course I, you know, I'm looking for a book to take my bet right now, just in case it happens. I want to, I want to bet Dame Lillard MVP as soon as I possibly can, because that those odds are going to fall in half if they hire Dan to be the fucking, I mean, Lillard, the Lillard, Dan Tony, Pairing would be. I mean, I've, you think does he immediately become like one to two MVP favorite?
0: I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how that stuff works. It would increase for sure. Yeah. Who's been a who do you have MVP? Nash, Harden.
2: Nash, Harden, and he, and obviously responsible for lynn sanity, which is essentially the equivalent of turning Jeremy Lynn into the MVP, <laughs> turning a guy who never played a minute in the NBA into, you know, somebody who has four documentaries made about his 15-game stretch.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, like everything. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So I, I look, try to allude to this earlier. Alex Caruso has been popped for marijuana unbelievable
2: i honestly i i'm i was truly truly surprised when i saw it i was like i can't believe there are states that are still arrest people for marijuana i can't believe it i can't believe it's a thing i was shocked and it was like i know it's texas but still we're arresting people for it
0: yeah so he he had marijuana drug paraphernalia. So he tried to go through so a fr- bowl. Yeah. So he went so he went to Texas A M and college station. So he
2: And then and then was successful enough in life to be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Bro, you don't have to go back to Texas. You won. You got out.
0: So TSA, he brought it through TSA. Right. And they they found a herb grinder which had weed in it. I agree. So, 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 like you know, obviously, yeah, my, maybe
2: he's an anxious flyer. I,
0: look, I, I think I made. He also my,
2: find a sleep mask? Oh no!
0: I've made my he found a neck pillow. Oh stance on like this is kind of we alluded to it earlier with with bureaucracy and why things take forever. It's it's stupid the fact that we don't have cannabis legalized federally enough states already have it
2: or decriminalized just give the guy a fine be like hey man we don't do that here it's texas but i gotta say and i tweeted it when it happened i tweeted it when it happened like but the i mean the utter joy i get and honestly it's been great in comedy so far i mean things are just opening up but you 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 do feel it but the utter joy i get of the comedian population specifically, many of them ran away from the, uh, you know the the government. That's just that was just too too much government. You know the
0: oppressive.
2: I, I the Oppressive I California disagree. government. It
0: wasn't just that, Joe. P- they people ran away. No, no, people leave now California. They're getting popped
2: for weed in fucking Texas.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's really stupid. And look, there's going to be pros and cons of every state. I, but I, I think I think people leave for a variety of reasons, whatever state they live in. I I, I don't think when anybody leaves any state in particular, I don't think it's. I need one, to get somewhere where they're
2: not forcing these damn masks on me. It's like, well, I don't, have I, don't think, masks on, but I don't think don't that's why a joint with that mask. Down. I don't think that's
0: why a lot of comics left. I think a lot of them left because they found a Jeez. cheap, a cheaper place to live
2: I think a lot of them left because Joe Rogan told him to.
0: He obviously has a huge influence. And obviously you, one of the main reasons he left was for taxes. He won't, I don't, he, I don't know how often he said it, but I assume that's one of the reasons. L- look, I look, I think there, there's a lot of reasons why people leave. There's a pros and cons to everything. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, obviously, that's the thing I miss most about California. The two things I miss most about California are the weather. Um, th- there's not a better place in the country, weather-wise. Like, I'll argue anybody that. I mean, you can almost argue world. I like. I don't know. I haven't traveled enough, but so the weather in Southern California is absolutely pristine. And marijuana, I agree is one of them. Like, I was just telling
2: weather women weed and weather.
0: Yeah, I I was just telling somebody about that the other day. I was like, I do miss the fact a lot that I can't just walk across the street to get legal marijuana. This is so stupid.
2: I that just we- need the episode of the Joe Rogan podcast where Elon Musk is smoking another joint but now tapping in Austin, Texas and suddenly there's a raid.
0: I just I don't know what but but you know, again, to me it's this should federally be legal and you can decriminalize it or you should nobody should be put away and then the fact that we're wasting taxpayer dollars to put alex caruso because he had a grinder this is this is absurd this is a waste of money but here we are it gave him street cred though can we agree
2: i mean i love the lebron tweet too yeah, the straight cash, homie. You love it. Yeah, Alex Caruso, come back here, buddy. You're a fucking hero in Los Angeles. You're the the dunking bald Laker. You're the white dunking bald Laker, bro. Come smoke weed with me anytime.
0: Is he a free agent?
2: Somebody, somebody needs to fuck. So one of these L.A. weed companies needs to make the Alex Caruso. me needs, needs to make like the. Headband OG, which I think might even already be a fucking weed, but like I, I need to I all in. Like somebody needs to go all in on getting Caruso his own fucking strain.
0: He's a free agent.
2: Well, sign in California, dog. Yeah, I mean LeBron's already tweeting straight cash on me getting him out. He's not even technically his teammate, so you'd love to see it. You're Alex Caruso You're you, know, like,
0: you know you know what I'd love LeBron to see LeBron
2: wants me back I'm back
0: imagine you know what I want to see is a podcast with Alex Caruso and former teammate who we know loves the weed J.R. Smith yeah that would be a good podcast Alex Caruso and J.R. Smith
2: I, I honestly I think Alex Caruso just on this the street credit he has this alone I think you just do the Alex Caruso experience <laughs> out here in California smoking weed with celebs.
0: Yeah. I I, mean, I we
2: know if we know one thing, it's that bald white man can have successful podcasts.
0: Well, the good thing is I'm, I'm my hair is receding, so there's a chance. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance, by the way, I have to honor. I had to honor Britney today wearing my Britney Spears shirt. Have to just throw that out there since the free Britney movement is in full force. And. Uh, this is free already. What's that? Yeah,
2: yeah I, I didn't follow the whole thing. I mean, I saw some of the quotes from it and saw some of the claims she made and whatever. But like. It's it's a wild story. Did you watch the documentary? Like
0: no, I still I still haven't watched. It. I gotta watch it. It is a wild story.
2: It's just wild that it's even a thing. Like what? Britney Spears. When Britney Spears gets released, I want her and Alex Caruso to be the next fucking celebrity celebrity couple. Have a podcast. Smoke the B, a bunch the, of weed.
0: The B and A podcast. Or a and yeah. B. Yeah. I like it. Her Instagram's pretty wild, bro. She's definitely got some stuff going on up here. No, but she's
2: crazy for but, sure. But, but she's but, also been she's al- she's also a she's yeah. also a teen superstar. That's who's I'm been locked in her home for a day. that's what I'm saying.
0: Go beyond like she's been you know since she's we like were 11. Locked,
2: or, we were locked in the house for a year. Everybody went crazy. She's pretty
0: been locked been locked in the house in,
2: for 14 years.
0: 14 years. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's as long as that. How's it? What's it called? Conservatorship, conservatorship. conservatorship? Yeah. She's been a star since she's like 12 going yeah. back to Mickey Mouse Club. I don't know how you're not completely fucked up. If you're a child star, like I mean, most of them are. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't imagine that whole psychological process. It's got to just jack you up. Like if you become big at that age, I think about like if like, Again, I was so stupid. I was so dumb. I was, I'm still dumb. But, like, I was so dumb at, like, 15, 14. If you threw money my way, I'd be more of an idiot. Well, we do have some calls to get to today. But before we do that, we had some big NFL news this week, Joe. Did we? We did. Raiders,
2: defensive oh, end.
0: I'm
2: not leave with this.
0: Carl Nassib has become the first openly gay NFL player.
2: Well, Michael Sam was the first openly gay NFL player, right? On
0: on a roster.
2: On a roster.
0: Um, now, Michael Sam was obviously drafted. So he was game on. Game he, yeah. So he was on a yeah. roster.
2: But he came. Carl Nassib comes out as an active player. And yes. honestly, I there, you know, I think that it's awesome. I think it's a great time to do it. Yeah. I also just, I also just think how I, I really, really liked and support and applaud like how he justified it. Because I know there's a lot of assholes out there who are like, who cares, bro? Keep it to yourself. You know what I mean? But like what I thought was great was, you know, his statement and saying, I'm doing this specifically because, you know, I feel like I have, I you know, I feel like I need to. And also because I'm supporting this cause, which uh, everybody should check out the, you know, the, the obviously suicide prevention for for LGBTQ community, like all that, because he's absolutely right. It's like, you know, the people like that he he's he's being he's showing up and being the face of. A, a community that has to hide, especially in situations like he's probably been in his whole life, a football locker room.
0: Yeah. And I, and I agree. I, there I are mean,
2: safe, there are safe spaces in the world now and we're ve- we're way more accepting than we've ever been, but football locker rooms, probably not so much and other and other, uh, other places like that where he's saying, listen, I'm in a football locker room and it's tough as shit, but I'm going to do it. So if you're a guy who's in a firehouse or if you're a guy who's in this place or a girl who's in the cheerleading squad or whatever, like feel, you know, I'm here to be, you know, a face of that for you. And I think it was awesome the way he did it. And, you know, listen, we know there's probably a dozen, a couple dozen, 50 NFL players. And that just goes to show you that it's hard
0: because one
2: single guy ever has done it. I I, I mean,
0: I mean, that's, that's the point I wanted to bring up. We, we, we haven't had a guy an open, openly gay man on an active NFL roster and it's 2021. That's, that's crazy. Like, like, if you really think about that, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And I was curious to see what happened with his Instagram following. Cause I think this
2: went through the roof, didn't it?
0: But this goes to your point, what you just said. I basically piggybacks that. I I took a screenshot like an hour after he came out and it was at 22,000. I just looked So 297,000. And I would argue most of those new followers probably weren't the biggest football fans. But my point is it's good now that he's getting people who maybe aren't football fans, like you said, then to have that face to where a kid can look at him as a role model. If there's a gay kid in high school, middle school, whatever it is, college, the NFL. And I think that following shows that. And He is raising money for the Trevor Project, which is a good cause for suicide prevention. So I think this will lead hopefully to more people being open. And then eventually, you know, I think the goal with all this stuff, right, Joe, is you get to the point where it doesn't really matter. Right. But obviously we're a long way from that. But, but like, look at other but industries
2: these things to absolutely have a snowball effect. No, they do. Absolutely but that's, that's what does.
0: I'm saying. Like, look at other industries. When somebody comes out is gay in the music or entertainment or comedy, like you don't really think much of it, do you? Like, I don't. If somebody's like, Hey, I'm gay. Everyone's like, cool. But like football and baseball right. and, and basketball, that's, it's that's a sport
2: big, sports in general. It's a big sure. deal
0: yeah. because no one's it doing does. it. Yeah.
2: And no one's doing it because they don't feel like it's a safe place to do it. And you know, it takes. You know, it started with Michael Sam, Nasib. You've got you know, um, uh, uh, the the guy that was on the Nets,
0: Collins. You know,
2: yeah, Jared, uh, uh, Jason,
0: Jason Collins. Collins.
2: Um, like, you, you got to start somewhere. You got to get, get the ball rolling, and those guys for sure did. But Nasib doing it while he's active and being like, I'm not worried about how this. You know, I'm. Well, first of all, I'm sure he is worried, but you know, saying. I am going to take whatever comes with this in my locker room, on the field, whatever it's, I think it's great.
0: And, uh, and
2: again, I think, I think immediately going to the Trevor project and immediately going all that, not that you need to justify coming out during pride month and whatever, but just like going on and immediately having that as part of your thing to me, I think is just makes it that much more powerful and it also it also immediately shuts the door on anybody who's like, well, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, don't make it don't about you, and say yeah. straight. that Don't make straight. it about you. Why? Why do you need yeah. to do this? Why are you? Oh, this is just for press. This is just for whatever. It's like, well, no, he's actually doing it for a cause. Sure. In addition to coming out.
0: Yeah. And for people who watch Hard Knocks and we watch it every year, you and I, and we break it down on this show. You should be familiar with Carl Nassib. He was one of my favorite guys on the Brown season. And to be Talking honest, one,
2: compound interest.
0: Yeah. He was, he was one of the most memorable, I, I would argue in the last four or five years on, like, if you asked me certain players who aren't stars, he was one that stood out. I, I've, sure. I've always enjoyed that when he's explaining to the guys in the locker room about compound interest and investing their money. And obviously that turned into a meme. That was so funny. And he's breaking it down on the dry race board. Dude, he was great on that season. And he has a great story because he was a walk-on at Penn state. He didn't even have a scholarship. He became the big 10 defensive player of the year from a walk-on to being drafted in the NFL to, you know, being a starter slash contributing player off and on his whole career. So he's had a good career and, and, you know, he comes from a good bloodline. His brother was the backup on your Giants for a minute. Ryan and also
2: just staying with the uh, just staying with the, you know, the gay uh, stereotype of like, look at him. He's he he's well dressed. He's he's worrying about compound interest. He's not going to, you know, he doesn't have to worry about like kids and all the stuff like this. Guy, he's just, you know, he's every cosmopolitan gay man. I know it's like, yeah, I got a ton of money. <laughs> I got I got a fucking my, my apartment's beautiful. This guy's probably going to have a well decorated fucking Vegas pad stocked with stuff cuz of his compound interest investments. A couple what, small dogs. What's interesting I'm, I'm the biggest I'm getting a Carl Nassib jersey.
0: What's interesting about Carl Nassib is now he's come out as the first openly gay player on John Gruden's roster and yeah. John Gruden loves talking about grinders which i'm like yeah. th- this this could be an interesting that does john gruden know that one of his players is gay and that grinder is a gay dating app does he know that when he's been meanwhile, saying
2: meanwhile just alex Caruso just hearing grinders got his hands up he's like i'm not even in texas anymore i don't have a grinder <laughs> stop it i'm back in california where the oppressive government will let me have my grinder
0: lots of grinder discussions but I, uh, yeah, I think it's great. And I think that, you know, it, it is interesting. The, the Raiders, like he plays for the Raiders.
2: You love it. You fucking
0: love it. So, yeah. I But, 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 but you know what though? It, it was, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong with this. I, I, I think it even shows how far everything has come. That it was news, but it wasn't. Dude, like Michael Sam news was insane. That was 2014. Like that was such big news. My point is, I think we've come as far along as accepting. Don't you agree? Like it was news for a good 24 hours, but it was like, cool, he's gay. Because I think we've just become way more accepting as people. Do you agree with that? Sure. Yeah. So, we'll see. They'll, they'll be a fun team to watch, man. The Raiders? Yeah.
2: Raiders are always a fun team to watch.
0: I don't know. did you see Davis, what Derek baby? Derek Carr said he'd re- he he didn't want to play for him. Like he's like I'd retire if I wasn't playing for the Raiders. Nah, I call bullshit. Yeah, I call bullshit on that too.
2: He'd be, he'd be out of, he'd be he'd be traded, he'd retire. 3 days later he'd be like, "I've been staring at the cross on my arm and God, I spoke to God. I heard him say, heard god say you know what you know what the bears ain't so bad go to the bears and then and then i realized it was just gruden yelling from two 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 houses over <laughs> god was speaking to me
0: so we have some calls i'll get to a few calls quickly 310-359-8365 is the hotline Thanks for everybody who called. Also, thanks for all the updated podcast reviews. I have DM'd a lot of you guys on your Instagram and Twitter feeds. I'm sending out two beer koozies to anybody who drops a podcast review, as we always do, and those will be sent out this week. So if you want to update an old one, if you want some more koozies or you haven't left a review before, or if you know somebody who's got an Apple phone because you don't have an iPhone, Steal their phone, drop a review, leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you and get those koozies to you in the mail. Our first call today from a throwback old dirtball buddy of ours, McKay Parker, who got us those great seats during the Astros game.
2: Yeah. down Houston, Texas.
0: So McKay messaged me and he said, can I leave a longer call? If I make a donation to Joe's charities and promoting and can. I said, of course. So he made a little donation. That's the awesome. cha- charity that, that your friend is is running. And I said, yeah, of course, a good cause. You can and leave a long call. child abuse and neglect. Yeah, and can. So this is his call leaving that donation. And then he's left
3: a little longer call mckay houston texas this summer from the producers of mac never paid his debts and prano 2020 from academy award-winning director martin scorsese president joe prano vice president bill walton and secretary of education annie Ruther take on the biggest challenge yet the homeless tent community of Venice Beach starring Justin Bieber as Andy Rooster Tom Selleck as Joe Prino, Tug Coker as Bill Walton <laughs> Academy Award winner playing the Foreign Affairs Associate Maddie Goldberg Academy Award winner Young as, as the Wonder Yoshi and Tom Arnold and Johnny Knoxville as leaders of the tent community, <laughs> soundtrack by the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, I'll let you guys decide the title of the movie and some of the female the female roles. Um, it was fun uh, signing up for the Incan Run uh, coming up, and the catering can be done by Miller Lite. That's in the end of the shoot. Uh, everybody wants to enjoy a great-tasting Miller Lite. Stay dirty and have a great day.
0: What a call right there, Joe. What a call. You got a call. I love
2: Tom Arnold and Johnny Knoxville as the head of the tent community. <laughs> and Matt, and Maddie Goldberg is Academy Award winner, Maddy Goldberg, the head of Foreign Affairs.
0: Interesting I just, choice. I
2: just got back from Sweden <laughs> to see how they were handling the homeless community there. Listen, I know this isn't my jurisdiction because I'm the foreign thing, but have we thought about taking all of our homeless people on Venice Beach and having my sister buy them all houses?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> He's got Justin Bieber playing like does he think I look like dude I'm almost 40?
2: I love I, by the way I love that too. It's like you and I are 3 years apart and he cast two people that are 40 years apart. <laughs> He's like 23 year old Justin Bieber will be playing Andy Ruther, 71 year old Tom Selleck will be playing Joe now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Tug Coker is Bill Walton. Yeah. You love it there's some drama going on there huh venice i they're trying to recall the local venice councilman bonin
2: i just was hanging out in venice for the first time i went to hanano had a hanano burger the other day i have i have had moments of like i've had moments of uh missing venice recently and then i went to venice and i was like Nah, not quite yet i'm good i'm Hanano Burger. There's just like a lady outside, is like I want a fucking burger. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll see you later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I a well,
2: burger while you're in there, I'll eat your face.
0: A crazy homeless person?
2: Yeah, and then also all of what like I, I I'm I'm a fan of the uh, I'm a fan of the outdoor dining, you know. Sure, but uh, it's great. All of Washington is covered, so it's like I don't know where any of these people are parking. Yeah, literally every parking spot on Washington is gone
0: that's you know that's an interesting ship that's changed forever even even out here i was i was driving through there's a good little seafood restaurant by me and i drove the other day and i'm like oh they're still they're still taking over that parking lot interesting like once you gave those spots up they're not getting it back you know what crushes me though cno is done forever isn't it
2: i have no idea but it looked pretty done. Oh,
0: man, That's a tough one for me. That was <laughs> my favorite. I mean, it is dude. That was my favorite restaurant in LA. I, I gave more money to that place and I-, I had some great time. That was like, that was like my spot. I go to with my mom. Every time she visited, we'd go there at least once. I would take family there. I would take dates there. That was my spot, man. The garlic knots. They sing to you. That's Amore. I mean, I know they have one down the street. Yeah. It's it's not the same. They are done.
2: It's the forever. c is basically the Venice was the Venice beach equivalent of like an olive garden. And you
0: know, no, no, that is, that's so hard. That's disrespectful. Like I'm honestly offended by that. I'm a little offended by that. That's, that's this. How many times did you eat there? Like,
2: Three or four times?
0: Dude, the food was great. The ambiance was great. Drew and I used to, we used to always joke that we had dates there. That was our spot with him and literally, literally, now that I think about it, that was my spot with my mom. That was my spot with my gay best friend. That was my spot with girls. That was my spot with everybody. And, and the fact that you're comparing it to Olive Garden,
2: I said the Venice beach equivalent of Olive Garden.
0: The disrespect, Joe.
2: They're like, Welcome to CNO. When you're here, that's Amore. You're like, Wait a second. What is this?
0: I went there once with Walt. My, the first time my parents came to visit me, I took Walt and Joanne there. I said, Let me get you dinner. And my dad goes, Jeez, you see what they're trying to charge? I'm like, Dad, we're in L.A. It's not even that expensive. He's like, see what they're trying to charge for a pasta dish? I'm like, yeah, 25 bucks. That's normal.
2: Also, it's going to come in a vat. It's literally all you can eat, Walt.
0: Yeah. He was not having it. Okay. We got a good call here. We got some good calls today. I'm going to continue the good, the good call train with uh, C.T., formerly from Seattle, another long-term dirt ball. I'll be curious who you say on this one.
1: Gentlemen, C.T. Formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan. Listen to your Doc Rivers conversation. You know, I very much totally agree with Doc Rivers is one of the most choking his coaches of all time in the playoffs. I'm wondering who's on the other side of that argument right now. I mean, you're always talking about, it, Presented it like an argument, like you're arguing with some, some other mysterious side that thinks Doc Rivers is a good coach, but clearly he is not, you know, in the postseason. You know, if you really want a good Joey No Chill rant, I believe there's an episode called If You Think Doc Rivers is a Good Coach, Eat Suicide Cereal. Yes. Every time I watch Doc Rivers coach a game, I think about that saying, like, if you think Doc Rivers is a good coach, eat suicide but so it got me thinking, who is the worst coach in any sport to win a championship? You got Mike McCarthy. That's a head-scratcher. Granted, he had Aaron Rodgers. We got Chris Peterson. That's a real head-scratcher. He had Carson Wentz. He had, no, Dick full, shit. Doc Rivers, obviously, up there. I'd have to think of some baseball managers maybe to win that were not great but I think those are probably top three. So who is the coach that is the biggest head scratcher to have a championship? You're like, this guy won? That can't be right. CTL, stay dirty.
0: I got one more NFL that can be thrown in that mix instantly. Gary Kubiak.
2: Well, so here's what I was going to say to, and I like that one, but here's what I was going to say is like, it's never really a head scratcher right it's like we can point to why it happened right but like I'll, i'll say this and this is just off the top of my head in my lifetime in my lifetime of watching sports doc rivers is the worst coach to win an nba championship uh in my life in football the ones that jump out to me are some of the ones he said uh peterson McCarthy, Barry Switzer, um, and then obviously we have we. I have, don't know.
0: I don't know enough about him to be yeah. honest.
2: He just he just was a fucking. You know, they
0: were they were just so loaded.
2: They were just so loaded. He came in. he got the Les Miles NFL Championship where he took over for somebody, immediately won a championship with the same system, and then when it became his team, completely fell off and was fired a couple years later. Uh, McCarthy, Switzer, Kubiak's pretty good too, but just like just like Switzer, it's like oh, he just took that team that Jerry Johnson, Jimmy Johnson walked away from. Kubiak, okay, he had Peyton Manning and to to absolutely run the offense. McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers. Like we can justify it. And then honestly, in baseball, I didn't have a ton that jumped the top of my head. There's probably worse managers who have won in baseball. It's a little easier to be, but like Dave Roberts is up there, dude, Dave Roberts with his Mickey mouse half championship. But again, it's like, we know why he had the, he has the best players. He has the best payroll. He had five chances at it already. Like those are my guys off the top of my head. I know nothing about hockey, but like off the top of my head and like, honestly, in basketball, Ty Lu's probably the second closest. And I think at this point we've, seeing that Ty Lue's like a significantly better coach, but like in my lifetime, I can't think of anybody who touches Doc Rivers. And again, we know why, because he had a great team and he had two shots. I blew one. Like he had, you know, he wasted the, he got one championship in however many years he had those guys in their prime. I don't even know who jumped like, Rudy Tomjanovich. Like, I was just. I, don't know. I was just
0: thinking of Rudy. Like I don't. I don't know enough. Again, he's another one. He won but two. But like you go.
2: You go back to in, in my basketball in my lifetime. Like okay, sorry. I, listen.
0: Oh, okay, it, okay. Here's an interesting one.
2: And by the way, in my basketball lifetime, I'm thinking mid '80s. Like even though I'm born in '79. Yeah, like, I was going to. S- Doctor Jack Ramsey as a coach. You know, <laughs> like.
0: I was going to say someone before our time because the reason i was going to say him is because he won the title and then didn't coach the next year paul westhead won the 1979 laker title
2: right that's what i'm talking that's kind of before i don't know i don't i didn't watch enough 1979 lakers basketball at 0 years old to tell you if he was a good or bad coach.
0: Because then he was coach. replaced by uh, Pat Riley. Yeah.
2: But, like, if you go from there, like, Pat Riley is winning.
0: No, no, no I'm sorry. He was replaced. I'm looking. He wasn't actually replaced by Riley. He was replaced by Jack McKinney, and then it went to Riley.
2: Yeah. But, like, Mike Dunlivy Sr. gets the Lakers to a finals, but he doesn't win. Um, but like, actually he
0: was, I'm sorry. I am reading all this wrong. He was replaced by Riley.
2: Yeah. But Riley was a great, he was a great coach obviously, but like, I'm trying to think like, I don't, I mean, I don't even know guys who stand out in the NBA, Ty Lou, Doc Rivers and Ty Lou's like, you know, I, I have Doc Rivers below Ty Lou. Uh, I mean, who else is really one that's like not a good coach. Yeah. Rudy Tom Jonovich, like, okay. Um, you know, fucking Larry Brown. Like he got his one, but like, I think Larry Brown was a good coach. Yeah. He was a good coach
0: too. He's the only guy who would win it in college and the NBA. Right. Come on.
2: I'm just thinking like, but if you look, if you're in in the NBA, the guys who want, like, honestly, you know, who's probably high on the list for me, you know, who might be third or fourth behind Rudy It's Kerr. Like, Kerr, like, you go back to my, you go, you go my entire childhood, you go back to mid-80s basketball for me. There's not a lot of coaches who won the NBA. You got Riley, you got Spolstra, you got Popovich, you got Carlisle, you got Larry Brown, you got, you know, like, you're running out of names pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, in the NFL, another one, like, you know, I'm going McCarthy. Switzer. Yeah. Kubiak. Honestly, like, and you go,
0: I'm starting to think NFL. I'm starting to go through different teams. If you go,
2: if you go to fourth on the list for me, it's like, I'm a Mike Tomlin is overrated guy, you know? But he's not on the level of fucking Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is probably the worst coach to win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. As as a, you know, as as my lifetime as a fan. My fan lifetime. Yeah, I don't like again, like everything for me is like 85, 86 and on, you know, and I'm like.
0: Yeah, and mine's probably like 88 on. All right, we have time for one more call. Let's see if you remember this. I remember this. This is too funny to me. This is great that a dirtball discovered this.
3: This is Peter here at Michigan dirtball. And, uh, I'm listening to last Thursday's episode where you guys joke about, uh, pitchers mountains being meth labs. And, uh, I just wanted to, I just want to talk about, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, uh, the story of oil camp Boyd, but, uh, he he once bought. Just look up the story about the time his hat fell off, and he had crack under the the uh, the band of his hat, and it fell all over the pitcher's mound. Um, yeah, just thought that was a funny story that kind of yeah. Uh, stay dirty.
0: <laughs> he definitely enjoys the legal weed in there. Yeah. Uh, up there in Michigan. Dude, this is an all time. Do you remember this? I don't. So, for the younger guys, I remember. I him mean, pitching. I remember
2: Oil Can Boyd.
0: So, Oil Can Boyd, he had played 10 seasons, eight of them were with the Red Sox. So, Oil Can Boyd, his name is Dennis Oil Can Boyd. And uh, he claims, I'm, I'm reading an article now from ESPN dated May 1st, 2012. Will claims that he used crack cocaine every day of the 1986 season with the Red Sox. Including.
2: Uh, I, I have heard that uh, I, I, you know, I had somebody who was a clubby in the Yankees locker room who told me that they, that, that Tim Raines said he slid headfirst to not break crack files in his back pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think people realize now, like we're talking about Major League Baseball and substance. Like I don't think people realize how big a problem the cocaine and the crack and the drugs. And, and we've already heard stories like Darryl Strawberry was banging women mid game in Mets clubhouse. Like this shit is dude. The 80s. Can we just talk about how wild the 80s was yeah. just in America? The 80s was wild. People were out of control. Listen to this story. So he claims he smoked crack cocaine every single day of the 86 season. And as a reminder to everybody, that's the infamous Mets Red Sox World Series. You know, the Red Sox mm-hmm. made it to the World Series. And old Camp boy was a good pitcher. So in an interview, he says one day in Oakland, he smoked in the clubhouse before one of his starts, and then he had the drugs tucked under his cap while on the mound. So he goes on to explain how he would do this and he would come into the ballpark and the minority owner, Arthur Pappas would straight up always ask him, like, how do you feel? Did you do any drugs last night? And he said, I was always honest. And I'd say, yeah. And so they would never give me a drug test. They would go around it or somebody else would like, it's not like how it is now. Somebody else would pee. Yeah. And, uh, So according to this story on May 11th, 1986 in Oakland, he smoked crack before taking the mound. And he says, I get to the ballpark. All the players are in the field, you know, talking batting practice and everything. And I walk in the clubhouse and I got my pipe with me. I can remember going and locking myself up in the bathroom and smoking some dope right there at the ballpark. I was afraid that they would know that the clubhouse manager had smelled it. He was going to tell on me. So I got rid of it. I had it under the bib of my cap inside the crease inside of the cap and when i was warming up the ball game third or fourth inning it fell off my head and i guess when it fell off he noticed there was
1: <laughs> there's some crack on the field
0: so he said i i you know i forgot that I had williams is
2: do- like what this isn't my hat <laughs> this is how did why, why is somebody else's hat on me this must be somebody else's crack hat so he goes, on. <laughs> I, I was in the locker room and I wasn't looking and somebody put their crack hat in my locker and took my not crack hat and put it in their locker. And now I'm just on the field with a crack hat on. They're like, Jay Williams, do you think anybody believes this? He's like, why wouldn't people believe this? Somebody stole my hat and gave me a crack hat. It's so, very believable.
0: So he says, I forgot that there was dope under my hat. And I guess he had a violent pitching style and his hat falls off. Right. So my hat falls off and I look onto the ground and I'm like, damn, there's little rocks everywhere, man. <laughs> so I play it off. As I'm walking back from the mound, I pick up dirt. When I was really picking up crack and smashing it into the ground, <laughs> Dude, this is nuts. Mid game. he has got crack underneath his helmet flies off. He's picking up, you know, acting like the pitchers when they pick up dirt and, no, he's trying to break up the crack rocks and kind of spread them over the field. Jean.
2: Old oil can. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a nickname like oil can.
0: And for the record, in 1986, when he claimed he smoked crack before every game, that was his career high with 16 wins and a 3.78 ERA. Yeah. Jean. I love it. Great call. Thank you for that. I enjoyed reading that. I enjoyed telling that awesome story. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. So drop us a call and uh, we'll play it. So we have other calls we'll get to next week. And uh, I appreciate everybody's calls. Yeah. Joe, you performing anywhere people can see you?
2: I am. Uh, If you're listening to this today and you're in California, I am uh, at the West Side Comedy Theater tonight. Tomorrow, I'm at Bar Lubich in LA. Today is Thursday, the 24th, and tomorrow's Friday, the 25th. And then, uh I'm trying to think if I have... Oh, well, that's it. That's my week upcoming here. But also, all of my shows are on my website at JoePrano.com. I'm always updating it, so... Uh, we're doing a, a Andy Laz backyard show again, 11:11 show on July 10th, but just go to uh joeprano.com or follow me on Instagram. That's the easiest thing. I post all my shows there. People post them. I repost them. So just follow me on Instagram. Shout out to our boy, Carl, Kyle Aronofsky, number one, New Jersey dirtball, who I noticed the other day, followed me on like seven burners. So shout out to uh, Kyle. Always there for me when I ask for something. And uh, follow me on all other social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life.
0: Cool. You can follow us on all social at The Dirty Sports and myself at Andy Ruther, and get those podcast reviews. And like I said, I, I like sending out koozies. I and and to be honest, I like I like seeing where you guys live. I don't know if that. I just like seeing. You know, it's cool. Oh, I sent koozies this week to West Virginia and South Carolina and California and Arizona. It's cool seeing you guys are spread out. All over the country and uh, world. I will say, my, my foreign guys like it's kind of pricey to send two koozies to Canada. Like, uh, am I a dick for that, Joe?
2: I don't. I don't know. Maybe we could send it all to like. Maybe maybe you could just like, uh, um, you know, keep track and make a pile of Canadian dirt balls. Send it all to one and have them forward it to the others or something. I'll I don't send know.
0: it to, I'll send it to Earl's Wine Bar. Yeah,
2: send Earl's wine bar. You can pick it up. And also shout out to McKay for signing up for Endcan and making a donation. And uh, once again, you can do all that ncan.org. I know Andy said, well, he likes seeing where all you guys live. If you live in Colorado or Ohio or Texas or California, uh sign up, sign up for a walk. Sign up for a walk.
0: Cool. Well, that's the show. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll be back in a
1: few days. And as always, stay dirty.